we're going to bring it in here and uh we got one more session before we get to dive into that food. We're a little over on the on the uh no, we're we're pretty well 10 minutes later than I thought, but that's all right. That's some of the best part of these conferences are what goes on in the foyer and uh appreciate that. Well, I'm going to ask Mike Blake. Uh Mike, man, I love Mike. You're going to get to hear from Mike uh tomorrow night. He's going to be the main speaker. But I'd like to bring Mike up. He's going to come and and share as we talk about partnerships. Give everybody a second to get in here, bro. Um, as we talk about missions, partnerships, and church planning, um, man, Mike is—he's uh, had a lot of, as we say, a lot of gravel in the gut, and uh, he's been a part of helping this church plant when we started, and have been helping us, you know, never quit. And so um, he's just an encourager. And so I know I got lots of friends in the ministry that they need Mike Blake as the encourager, and so. Yeah, it's awesome. So he's been, uh, one of the guys he's been encouraging is um, Mark Schaefer down in Tampa. And I was wanting Mike to just come and share because uh, the church in Clinton uh, joined with Mike, I think, here just a few months ago. And I was, and you'll hear a little video tonight from Mark Schaefer. But Mark, just as Sam said, Mark is in a different place. And uh, we were all around when Mark was starting off. And we were praying over that and, like, Hope he can pull this off, <laughs> and uh, and so we were just praying for for Mark and all that, and it's cool to see where it's at. So I just asked Mike to come and just share a little bit about the partnership that uh, they've had with Tampa, and that's also a church out of Midtown Baptist Temple. All right. And what I wanted, Brian asked me to share, like how we got involved in supporting the church down in Tampa. Um, from Mama. So what I'm going to do is just give you a couple little histories and then just, back. I'm going to tell you some stories is what I'm going to do. And so, um, if you want to take your Bibles and open to Acts chapter 20, cause I am going to end up there, but Acts chapter 20. Um, hey, let me tell you something. Our church up in Monmouth, Illinois, we went through some heavy seasons, man. You know, we, I mean, it was bad. Like, you know, we went from, uh, you know, my daughter getting cancer, we came right up into COVID, you know, like everybody else. We had some sin issues to deal with, so we had to get rid of a staff member, which took families away. We're, we're like surviving, you know. It's one of those deals where we're in that bad, you know, I felt like we had bed sores, man. We're just so hurt, and we're laying there, and we're like, we don't know what to do. And uh, But God made it pretty clear that, man, it is time to move. You gotta move, man. You know how you do that? You ever watch somebody get some surgery done and you know their rotator gets fixed and the next day they're like, hey, let's get that thing moving. And they're always crying, you know, like, oh my gosh, don't do that. I just had surgery. Like, it's the best thing for you to do is to move that thing. And so this is what God was doing for us. We hit a season where we were doing nothing. We, we got into trying to maintain and hold everything together. And we lost sight of ministry and doing missions. So our churches started doing maintenance. So God was speaking. So let me give you a few little dates last year. It was August. Our church had no money, which is, that's a common theme at our church. August, basically, we heard about Mark Schaefer down there doing this thing. And so here's what we did. We need to go to Tampa. Mark needs help. We can't afford plane tickets. The gas was worse than that. 
We got plane tickets cheaper. So me and a guy from our church went down because Mark Schaefer don't know what he's doing when it comes to construction. I used to be a contractor. The guy I was with is currently a contractor. So we went down to do demo work. We did some demo work. We cut holes in cement, you know, just stuff like, you know, and there was things I like, you know, I used to be a cement mason. So I'm like, well, we could figure that out. You know, we tiled some floors. Then we poured back some concrete, just did some things like that, you know. So anyways, that trip happened. We trusted God for the money. And, uh, and this is the first trip we've gone on in a couple years. Like, I'm, I'm serious when I say this. Our church was, like, in bad shape. On the way back, I know they're going to need ceilings and all this. I'm like, I know a guy. I know a guy down in Clinton. I know Brad McGuire, and I know um, a dude in his church. What's his name that does the ceiling? Uh, Travis. I was going to call him Tyler. I said, hey, hey, Mark down in Tampa, do you know this guy? And he goes, no. I said, I'm going to get, here's this number. So I called Brad and said, hey, Brad, they need ceilings. You and Travis need to go down there and put these ceilings in for these guys. And I called Mark like three weeks later, and I said, hey, Mark, um, did you get a hold of this guy? And he goes, no. So, Mike, I'm so overwhelmed. I mean, Mark is not a construction guy. He is not a contractor. He's learning a whole set of skills, and he's just overwhelmed. And he said, Mike, thanks for calling me. I'll call him when I get off the phone with you. And all of a sudden, um, after, you know, end of August there, I called him. Before you know it, they put some dates on the calendar, and it's going to happen, you know. So we entered into this year, and it was January, and uh, they needed, a, you know, a bunch of painting done around there. And so we got a painter in our church. And by this time, we're like, hey, we made one trip at the end of last, towards the end of last year. We're, let's go again. So a guy in our church loaded up. Um, with Bo um, and uh, another one of our youth, and they went down there and started spraying like crazy, spraying both buildings inside and out. And literally, they went to the airport to leave. Brad McGuire and Travis show up. Like, they cross in the airport, go down, and they do that, uh, put all the drop ceilings in, in like no time at all. So all this takes place, but here's what I want to tell you. Brian, how, how do we get roped into this and supporting a church in Tampa and Mark? And I guess I just want to say something. Mark Schaefer is my friend. That's how it started. Years ago, I'm in the Kansas City Baptist Temple, and a good friend of mine was on staff there. His name was Jim Lee. And Jimmy Lee said, Mike, I want you to come to this camp. I show up at a church camp, and he goes, I want you to meet a guy. His name's Mark Schaefer. I meet Mark Schaefer. Good guy, easy to love and like. And so we just developed a friendship, and I got to know him and his wife a little bit. Well, all of a sudden, time is moving. Mark moves down to Ocala, Florida, and ends up working as a youth pastor in a church. And he ends up actually partnered with a guy down there uh, named Dwayne Hoffman. A lot of us know Dwayne Hoffman. Dwayne Hoffman, who is now down in Springfield, Missouri, planting a new church. But he went to China for some years. God was using him to do all that. So I think you're getting a, like a clue here what's happening. This guy knows this guy. I know this. I'm friends. And relationships just meeting people and talking with people Dwayne Hoffman calls one day and says uh, well he actually calls Brian and says hey man we're kind of lonely man we need lonely for fellowship I'd like to put the thing a a friend of mine has a keys to this resort if you guys can come to Florida let's gather some pastors and missionaries down 
And so, you know, that was one thing. Brian called me. He goes, hey, dude, do you want to go? It's like right next to Disneyland. We're going to have this little, like, pastor's retreat. A couple missionaries and pastors are going to gather. And he says, "Uh, man, would you be willing to come? And I was like, let me pray about that. Sure. You know, so we go down there and uh, we just start, you know, we prayed. We sang together. And Dwayne unfolds this thing that God's calling him to China. And, uh, man, did you go on the first or second one? You were there. Tony came. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, Blake Anderson showed up. Like, we're just fellowshipping, having a good time. All that's happening. Well, all of a sudden, God moves him to China. We're not meeting in Florida anymore at the resort. So we lost connections to that. But then all of a sudden, things down in Ocala, Florida, uh, Mark's like, man, I think it's time. I, I think it's time to, you know, we got to go. And I could tell there was some heartbreak in the deal. And uh, so anyways, Mark Schaefer, hurting, trying to make the right decision, decides I'm going to go back to Kansas City. Well, the place that was home in Kansas City is no longer home. It's changed. You know, I remember, you know, through all the name changes and sin issues and this and that and that, it's the weirdest thing to wake up one day and I told me and my wife look at each other and I was like, we're orphans. It was sad, man. I didn't like that. So Mark Schaefer ends up going where his relationships were, the people he knew. He ends up going back to Midtown. And so, and, and Sam was his pastor. And so uh, they go there, but check this out. Mark moves to Kansas City. He's there two weeks, and he's hurting. He's wanting to pastor, left a group of people that he loved in Ocala. And it was like, it was a little messy, because ministry is always messy, always. You can't get around it. It's just dirty work. And so he's he's got it all over him. And I said, Mark, I had you scheduled to do our marriage retreat, you and Astrid. And uh, he said, yeah, he goes, we're going to do it. They got on a train and came up, got off the train, and you could just tell by the looks on their faces. Well, they're not in a great spot. Life has beat them up a little bit. And uh, I knew they were in the right place to get healing and all that type of thing. And so, uh, uh, by the way, they stood up at our marriage retreat and delivered the goods. I don't know if our people, any of you guys remember that marriage retreat. Like, holy night. It was so good. And you know what I thought? You know, everybody wants to get King David to speak because he's on the throne and he's collecting the all the goods because his son's going to build a town. You know, everybody wants King David at that spot. You know, when we got to get King David, Mark was in the valley of his life. He just did some, no, you can read into the Bible if you want to, but you know, nobody fights a lion and a bear without getting wounded, you know. You, that's, that's not going to happen. And he did some valley war and he came up busted and hurt. And he poured out his guts to us because you know what he did have? He had a good marriage. And they shared that with us. It was such a blessing. I said, man, Mark, I'm so thankful you were here. And all of a sudden, he goes back to Midtown. And every several months, I would just call call him and talk to him. And I could tell, boy, he's healing. He's healing. Well, before you know it, God burdens Mark Schaefer's heart for Tampa. You know, being in Ocala, he knew some churches. He goes, man, every time we have even students that go up to Tampa, it's like they don't have a good church, a disciple-making church. And so you could just hear him talking about Tampa. All of a sudden, he makes a trip, and all of a sudden, man, that burden, he started putting a vision towards it. And all of a sudden, Mark was already a proven dude. They knew that. And so uh, Midtown sent him down there with several couples 
to plant a church down in Tampa. Before he even left, he called me up and he goes, man, God's doing this. He goes, Mike, I got some hard questions to ask you. And he asked me some hard questions, like about him personally. And I said, okay, I'll tell you the truth. And I, I, I just laid out the truth to him. Just here it is. Bam. I laid it out. And he says, uh, all right, man, I appreciate the honesty. And I was like, man, I hope that don't hurt our friendship. And, uh, you know, man, he moved to Tampa and we, we would talk every so often, just talk. Well, here's how that thing plays out. We're calling, we're talking through our relationship. And all of a sudden, Mark's like, Mike, pray about this building. Like, we might get a building, but, and, and when I, I and, okay. Another story. Our college football team, we have found in the middle of Illinois, we found a recruiting mecca down in Florida. You know, Florida's known for D1 football. We're a D3 school. So a player that wants to play D2 football or especially like a D1, but they're not quite there, they can't do that. Well, these Florida guys have nowhere to go. So we're going down there and drinking them up, man. So they're coming up to, uh, you know, up into our area. And so uh, I'm kidding. Our football team, about 110 players, I'd say 25, maybe 30 percent from Florida. And so all of a sudden, I got a football player coming to our church. He gets discipled, wants to be in the ministry. And we're working this guy. And he goes, hey, man, I'm getting married. I'd, I want your family to come down to Florida for this. So, you know, I get to go down to Florida. And I'm like, man, right on the way, man, there's Mark. You know, so we stop and Mark and Astrid eat lunch with him. Like, we want to show you a property we're praying over. We go and look over this property. And guys, this is crazy. You know, it's a tin shed building. And literally, if, if you were, if you had a strong arm and could throw a baseball, like, you might be able to hit Tony Dungy's house. You know, the old coach for the Colts, you know. I mean, this guy, like, there's neighborhoods, like, the next house next door to these metal buildings of his church, like, the very house next door, is worth millions of dollars. And I mean that. I'm not exaggerating. And so we're down. He goes, man, pray about this. All of a sudden, I get the phone call. He goes, man, we got these buildings for a song. Like a property that would be valued at a massive amount of money. God did a miracle and gave him this building. And so the beautiful part about it is, is uh, um, he said, man, I'm in trouble. You know, I don't know what I'm doing here. And uh, I said, well, you're talking to the wrong guy because our church has no money to give you. You know, like, and we don't. That was a serious truth. But you know what we got? We got a special set of skills. And we'll come down there and execute violently. And and Mark says, man, Mike, we'd take you. Guys, they had some money, not enough money to get it done. When we left, Mark gave me a check to pay for a couple plane tickets when we first went down. I felt like a heel taking that check. But I'm not lying. We broke the bank to go down there. We've always broke the bank to do whatever God's asked us to do. That's what it is. It costs. And so we went down there, did our business. All of a sudden, before you know it, through relationships, connections, Brad goes down there. They do the ceilings. We paint the buildings. And all of a sudden, and I'll tell you what, if our church was wealthy, I'd have sent a team of men down there. Just to be there at the first service. I got to watch part of it and you guys were all down there celebrating. But you know all that happened. And you know why we support that? It's Mark's my friend. And, and I don't want to cheapen it because I mean God's called it. And by the way, if you ain't planting churches, then support somebody that is. 
Don't that make sense? Let me show you a passage that God showed me in Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20. Um, you, hey, by the way, the last group that went down there to paint, one of our football players who's got a bad situation, death, his dad died, you know, so he quit college and this, we were discipling on our church. They go down there. Bo was actually down there, got to preach at Mark's church. And uh, as he was preaching at Mark, they made a phone call and said, Hey, Jalen, we're going to be in Tampa. He goes, where at? Gave him the, man, I can get to you guys in like 30, 40 minutes. He comes down to, he gets to join him for church. This guy ain't doing so well. I mean, he gets down there and gets hooked up and living a life of crime. And God used all these things. This dude's walking with Jesus today. Isn't that crazy? You know, that he's right down there near Mark's church and they end up down there. All, what is it? Relationships. Just relationships and connections with people. Look at Acts chapter 20. Let's just start this in verse 31. He says, therefore, watch and remember that by the space of three years, I cease not to warn everyone night and day with tears. Verse 32. And now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. I have coveted no man's silver or gold or apparel. Yea, ye yourselves know that these hands have ministered unto my necessities and to them that were with me. And watch verse 35. I have showed you all things. Watch this. How that so laboring ye ought to support the weak. And to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said, it is more blessed to give than receive. Guys, Brian said, hey, just share a little bit of how you got connected with Tampa and, you know, you guys support, how you're supporting that work down there. Well, in verse 35, Paul says, so laboring ye ought to support the weak. And don't forget the words of Jesus. It is more blessed to give than receive. You know what the blessing of our church is? I can't tell you how many churches we go to and help them with their work. We always giggle when we leave. You know why we giggle? I've had pastors raising money for things, and our church scrapes together. And I had a missionary, man, that we scraped it. He had a leaky roof. I said, how much is the leaky roof to fix in your building? And he said, man, it's right at $4,000. Our church had four grand in savings. That was it. We get sat at a financial meeting, and everybody around the table goes, boy, that need, we can fit that bill. Let's give it all. And we scraped and gave it. This missionary took him like two years later. He came to visit our church and he walked in the door. He was very emotional. Because he said, I, I didn't realize you guys, I didn't realize like this was your building. I, I mean, I just, because he had a better facility than we did. Their church had more money in the bank than we did. I'm not lying. It's more blessed to give than receive. I'm not lying. It's, it's just true. That's what Jesus said. It's true, isn't it? To walk into a place and get to invest and walk away and be like, man, that's a nice pad, ain't it? And then we walk back into our building. I'm like, hey, and God provided us with this. You know? My, my brother, of course, uh, you know, he died a drug addict before drugs. You know what he was? A massive gambler. Like thousands of dollars, bookies, Lincoln Continentals pulling up, knocking on the door, saying somebody's going to get a, we'll kill all your family, man. You owe us. I want 20 grand today or you're done. All that time. You know who bailed him out so many times? My grandpa. My grandpa lives in a shack, man, in Barberton, Ohio, in the worst of neighborhoods that's been paid for for years. You'd walk in and think, my gosh, this house needs painted. Lived very simple. Anybody in the family that ever had a need, you know who they went to? Grandpa. 
I loved it, man. I, I loved being in a spot where I could say, we would love to help you. Selfishly, because we need it. We need to give. Our church has been sucking our thumb for a while here. It's time to get out and do this. So I just want to give you four nice points right here. He said, so laboring, you to support the weak. Laboring. You know what labor is? It's just that. I hate to just call it work because some of you get paid someplace. You call it work, but you don't work. You know, you get jobs like that. To labor is to grow weary. That's what it is. It's to be exhausted, man. That's why, you know, people that have a hard time sleeping at night, I'm just like, you ought to try work. That's the best ailment for sleep, man. I hit the pillow, man, and I'm like, good night, man. It's, I'm out, you know. So four points. Look at this. Laboring. Grow weary. Exhaust yourself, right? Labor. Why? Laboring ye ought to support the weak. Ye ought. You know what that word means? It's necessary. The needs are real. You labor because there's some real needs. He said, laboring ye ought to support. To support something. We know what that means. We bear each other's burdens, man. We lay hold of a thing, right? So we labor. We grow weary. You know what? You know, the Bible says this too. You know how they're going to know we're his disciples? Now, what modern church teaches, modern Christianity says, they're going to know we're his disciples by our love. We just love. We're all full of love, right? Love, love, love. And we know what that means. They don't have truth, so that's all they got. Right? When you don't have brains, you better have some heart. And that's what they do. Jesus said, they'll know you're my disciples. The way you love each other. This is brotherly love, man. And that's why we'll grow weary for a brother like Mark Schaefer. He says, laboring ye ought, meaning it's necessary, man. We've got to be about the Father's business, don't we? Laboring ye ought to what? Support. To bear his burdens, to support the weak. And guys, I'm here to tell you, Mark Schaefer's, their family's beautiful. They're sharp and all that. But when it comes to the business of blue-collar construction, he would be the first to admit he was so weak, so feeble, like powerless to get it done. And that's why teams come. Bring people in. Teams from here, here. Money, yes, but teams. He appreciated the people that came. So if anything, I just wanted to share those four points of this morning. Why support Mark Shaver? First of all, Mark's my friend. That's why. I love this guy, man. He's battling it out. And so, but these four things. We labor. We grow weary. Why? Because we ought to. It's necessary. It's labor. Ye ought to support the weak. And the Bible says when you know to do good and don't do it, what is it? It's just flat out sin. We were sitting back at the end of last year doing nothing, sitting back just like, we probably ought to do something. But man, life's tough, isn't it? We don't have no money. And my excuse for church planning often has been like, well, our church ain't perfect. What kind of excuse is that? I love, Sam, I love what you said. I walked away today saying, God, I want to be filled with faith, man, like like you. I'm going to believe you that you said this and you want it done. And do it when there's no money in the bank. When you don't have the people skills, and that's why you do what? That's why you pray. You pray to the Lord of Harvest. That's before you rally the people together. You pray to the Lord of the Harvest because you're always going to fall short on this deal. That's why we came to Christ anyways, isn't it? 
We fell so short. I can't make it. And so we cry out to the Lord. And it never changes your whole Christian life. You always fall short. And about the time you never fall short, my friend, you got a problem. Because you'll be the church in Revelation that Jesus is on the outside saying, I'd love to come back in on this deal. You're like, well, our plan's working. We got it together. Got the people, got the money, got the plan. It's not how it works. You know, we know that, right? So there's my four points for you. It's real simple, real easy. I love Mark Schaefer. I love Tampa. I love the church. I love what they're doing. I love that plant, all that stuff. And I, I am, our church is so blessed that we just got to put a little fingerprint on all through relationships, meeting this guy, that guy, this guy, that guy, all somewhere down there. Got connections, and now he's friends with another church in Clinton that actually was sent out, from, planted from this church. Ain't that insane? Labor. We ought to. Right? Laboring, ye ought to support the weak. Why are we doing and supporting that church plant in Tampa? We're supposed to. We just want to be obedient to the Lord. Amen? Amen. That's all I got. Is that good? Is that what you wanted from me? I can. All right. All right, man. Good, Mike. That's awesome. That's exactly what I. So you can see the parallels here. We kind of went from high level to right on the ground, boots on the ground, helping one another. Philadelphian partnerships. Tomorrow morning, when you come in, you're going to hear a session about those Philadelphian partnerships. Because the mission is bigger than any one church or one ministry or one person or one group of churches even. I mean, it's big. It's really a big deal. And it takes, man, Mike, way to cap it off. It takes relationships. And that's the one thing the devil wants to destroy. That's why these conferences are so important. That's why our fellowship's so important. Fellowship is important. A Philadelphian fellowship, most importantly. That's when the doors open and the word goes forth, right? And so... Uh, praise God. Thank you, Mike, for sharing that. And I, I'm so, I was so excited when I didn't know Brad uh, was going down there until I saw it on social media. I knew Mike was going down there because I was keeping up with Mike. I wasn't keeping up with Brad. So Mike lives further, so I talked to him more. But anyway, uh, so I was, ex- <clears throat> I was just cool. It was really cool to see that Brad uh, and, and uh, Travis were down there helping on that. Plus, I, I'm like, I like, I love Mark too. Mark Schaefer's, he's been here and just a good, he's a good friend, you know. Uh, for for those of you that are coming up in the ministry, you know I look back on the days Randy and I used to minister at the at the City Union Mission, and uh, and I remember Steve Fleshman was ahead of me I think in Shepherd School. I remember watching him across the room over there in his sweatpants, watching. He was always diligent to study. And uh, uh, when did you graduate Shepherd School? Two thousand. Okay, yeah. So you were, I was actually, so I came in a little, a couple years before you, I was out. But at any rate, uh, when you're in ministry with people, uh, you build these relationships, and relationships are so critical to accomplishing the mission. And you don't really know, you know, you're out on the circuit, like one of some of me and me and Mike Renault just, we just cut up over some of the the things God put us through on the circuit. We had some, we had some good, even just a short amount of time, we really, God bonded us on some craziness that we still laugh about going through tornadoes and everything out on I-70 together. And anyway, uh, those, those relationships bond around all kinds of different things. And you're, you'll, you'll be surprised how God will use that decades later. I was just talking with Becky Blake on social media this week that you guys are celebrating, um, I don't I guess the anniversary. So how many years? 
30, 30 years in Monmouth. That's what it was, and I was commenting on that, and I actually remember when we met. I remember the night I met Mike Blake, like that night. I was I was Samuel's age, and uh, and we met out. You came out the door out in the front of the church where they built all that expansion out the front, and uh, and I was talking with Mike, and like, who are you? And I'm Mike Blake. I'm from Canton, and da 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 da. And he's telling me the whole thing, and I'm like, I'm Brian. Nice to meet you. Where are you living? I'm finding out he's working at some cabinet shop. He's living over here in Raytown. And just the relationships that developed from that. I had, he wasn't married to Becky yet. Um, and uh, I was at his ordination, you know. Uh, I got pictures somewhere. And uh, and I was there when he and Becky went out. And I was there through a lot of things, you know, over the years. And uh, it's just awesome that you guys have plugged in for 30 years. A lot of relationships. I remember softball, being on the softball fields uh, with Mike and Man, always quick to give a devotion, really excellent devotion. And it's kind of like these little videos that he's doing, really good. Uh, just just, uh, just amazing how God uses those relationships. I would have never thought I'd be standing here 30-some years later, you know, and uh, all the different things that God has done. Uh, God has you guys on a mission and a path, um, and the relationships we have are so important to accomplishing the mission. Uh, a lot of these things that we see in Acts with Paul, that's what it was, wasn't it? His relationships. And he took his disciple with him. Not all the relationships. Barnabas and Saul didn't work, or Paul didn't work out so good. <laughs> but uh, but they still respected one another and continued on. So the, it is messy, but God is able to uh, get the mission done. And without a little bit of uh, friction, there's no traction, right? So uh, be encouraged. Let the Spirit of God lubricate your relationships. Walk in the Spirit. Uh, forgive. And love one another because charity does cover the multitude of sins, and that is the key uh, to you know loving as we ought. I really appreciate that message, Mike, because that's we ought to do it, right? We ought to do it. All right, so tonight uh, we're going to pray over the meal. Randy, can you come up and pray over the meal? Uh, I don't have Randy. I, forgive me. I don't have Randy nor, uh, scheduled in as I normally would. Uh, he's usually more prominent. But he was on vacation. I wasn't quite sure of his itinerary, so I've kind of dominated. Uh, to your guys is probably uh, not delight. So, Randy, give us any instructions and pray us into lunch. All right. So, hope you're hungry. That's the instruction. Be hungry. Um, it's been really good. I hope you've enjoyed it. Um, I would give one instruction. So, if you were here last night, you recall the person that was sitting to your right or to your left. If you do, call them and say, "Hey, where were you this morning or tonight?" Encourage them to come back tonight. Just do that. Okay, good. All right, well, let's uh, let's pray, uh, and uh, we'll thank the Lord. We'll thank the, the Word through the men that uh, uh, have spoken to us this morning. Father in heaven, Lord, thank you for speaking uh, to us. Thank you for revealing your will for our life, Lord, which is to uh, go forth and do your, your, your work to accomplish uh, your mission, which is to reach the lost in a dying world. We pray, Father, that somehow, some way, we can be the person you want us to be, Lord, by surrendering who we think we are and just take on the identity that you've given to us through your word and through your your uh, your, your sons uh, and his spirit. Father, thank you for the for the opportunities that we that we have coming before us to be able to open our mouths and communicate the gospel in a way that somebody their life would be changed. Help us to be Focus on discipling them after they get saved, not just to leave them hanging. But, Father, I pray, Father, for all that has been said today and yesterday, 
Lord, would impact us in a great in a mighty way. Thank you for the food. Thank you for those that have prepared it. Uh, Father, we just give you the praise and the honor and glory in Jesus' name. Amen.